We're going to jump right into it. And Danny, what a hell of a fight last night. Yeah. The last two fights. The other fights, uh, we didn't watch the prelims, but the main card was pretty much shitty until the last two fights. I agree. Costa versus uh, uh, Stockholm and Usman versus Edwards, number two. Now, that first fight, I mean, Rocco was tired, old man, <laughs> and yeah, he, ju- he just kept fighting. Yeah, you could see he didn't have anything left in the tank. And he, he just kept mustering up whatever was in his tank to just keep throwing left hands and just kept bombing on my man. Yeah. Like, he had no energy, but anytime he got close to throw a spinning kick, a roundhouse kick, or a fucking left hand, he was just doing it. Bent over, hands on the waist. <sighs> Get away. Get away from me. <laughs> I mean, the ending, of course, you know, he flips on top with 20 seconds left, takes his fucking bloody face, he fucking rubs his nose in it. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was, that was, a, it was an okay fight. It was pretty funny. Then the main event, um, first round, good for Edwards, you know, got on top, was able to control, land some, land some punches. <clears throat> Excuse me. Second, third, and fourth round. That was all Usman. We both yeah. agreed Usman owned that, owned the second, third, and fourth, and most likely he was owning that fifth round. He was on his way. He was gonna win that fight. Yeah, he was gonna win that fight four rounds to one. And what what was it about minute left? Fifty five seconds. Fifty five seconds. Edwards throws a fucking a, a fake one two right right to left. Usman goes to dip left, and there is a shin. That is just waiting to fucking meet his face. And oh lord did it fucking meet. <laughs> My man was out. He was out cold. He was dead in the center of the ring. Just sitting there. You know. 100%. Emotional yeah. I mean 28 fights you haven't lost. You've pretty much been dominating everybody. You were dominating that fight, and then there's just, boom. <laughs> night, night. Yeah, he was due for a loss at some point. Yeah, at some point, but I just, not like that. Like, holy shit, man. <coughs> well, there was no other way that uh, Edwards was going to win that fight. Yeah, like, that's one of those, you know, boxing moments where, like, you need a knockout. Like, th- that's the only way you're going to win this fight. And it looked like... It looked like Edwards had given up at a point. It did. You know, in that in that fifth round, it looked like he was not, like, overly tired, but just like, all right, you know, I'm done. You know, enough's enough. You know what I mean? And it was funny, at like, at about a minute and a half left in the fight, I'm listening to the announcers, and they're like, yeah, you know, Edwards, his hands are still there, his feet, his legs are still there, but you can just see that he's defeated, he's given up, his heart wasn't in it. Yeah, and then at 55 seconds, he greeted Uzma at the, at, at the front door with a fucking shin to the face. Yeah. I mean... I mean, he was he, out on his feet, bro. Like, as soon as it touched, it was like he got sparked. Like, poof. Yeah. Well, that, that third fight is going to be one hell of a fucking fight. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, it's going to be one hell of a fight. And now we may be able to see Usman versus fucking Hamzat Shavam easier in, in 
in the case that fucking Edwards has the belt now. Right. If Hamzat beats Nate, you gotta almost pretty much put fucking Hamzat versus fucking Uzma to go back to the title. That'd be a good fight. That'd be a hell of a fight. Definitely. Uzma's hungry now. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I would hate to fight Uzma. If I was anybody who wanted to fight Uzma next, I would, I'd be like, nah, I'm all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait another fight. Because somebody's going to catch a shin to their face fighting him next because he's going to be pissed. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so other than that, the, the main card was shitty up until those last two fights. I, I, I enjoyed the, the last fight the most. It was a pretty good fight. Alright, so other than that, we'll we'll hop right into the NFL news. Oh, shit. Excuse me, sir, but I'm afraid someone is endeavoring to contact you telephonically. Yes, that would be my wife. Sorry about that, Waltz. <coughs> All right. So, Danny, you want to lead us off with the NFL news? Uh, there wasn't much. Hey, well, um, like two things. Panthers quarterback Matt Corral is likely out for the year. Uh, I'm not really sure how to say this word, list frantic. But it's, uh, it was an injury to the foot. His foot got stepped on in the game. And uh, he's likely out for the season. Deshaun Watson was suspended 11 games after the initial six-game suspension, fined $5 million, and has to go through mandatory evaluation and treatment. Yeah, I, I find that bullshit. I do. If, now, I, if the, the United States government and, and, and justice system did not find me guilty of anything, why do I have to go to fucking therapy? But, and yet, when fucking Ray Rice did what he did, did he have to go to therapy? Well, they they pretty much just booted his ass out of the league. Once the video dropped, it was out. Because remember, remember, like, there was speculation there was no video yet? And right. they were like, all right, here's six games. You know what I mean? And then the video came out, and the NFL was like, dog, you're done. We can't. You know what I mean? I just... It, America has changed. It's not, you know, innocent until proven guilty. It's guilty until proven innocent. And this is absolutely bullshit. I'm sorry. I, I, allegations are not set to the side. No charges have been put against me. Why should I have to go see a, a behavioral therapist? Right. Of course the fucking behavioral therapist is going to think I'm batshit crazy. I'm an NFL football player. I go out there every day and put my body on the line. Of course somewhat of my fucking brain is off the fucking hinges. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't understand how he could do that. Okay, therapist, you put the fucking helmet on. You read the fucking playbook. You go out there and get hit by a 300-pound fucking lineman and tell me you're not fucking crazy. It's, it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. And I, I, I'm done with Roger Goodell. Oh, I'm for the players. This and that. I signed a PA agreement. And then we go through the fucking the, the process that we've made that the agreement between the NFL and the PA have done. This judge reviews it, says it's egregious, da 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 da, but only suspends it for six games, based on the conduct policy. Yes, he may have vi he violated the conduct policy. So there's six games. Now you want to appeal it to make it a year? I it's it's absolutely bullshit. 
I agree. Look, he was lucky for six. 11, he's still lucky. The five million in fine, okay, fine, whatever. The behavioral therapy is that, I think that's where I would have drew the line. Yeah, I think it was a little much. I think that, I think this is bullshit. How do we not know that Roger Goodell wouldn't pay the therapist off to be like, yeah, tell, uh, just report that he's out of his fucking mind so we can get him out of the league? Like, I, I think that's going to somewhere come back to haunt him. Maybe. Yeah. It's just going to be drama. Because any therapist now is, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm just appalled. I really am at this. This is bullshit. We're making this more than it than it than it should be, you know. And and most people be like, but why would thirty women just come forward? Believe, believe all women, believe them. Come on, man. We talked about it last week. How many times do massage therapists get asked a day? Do you want to choke the weasel? You want to stroke the? You want to stroke the camel? No, right. no, thank you, sir. Okay. No one yeah. bats an eye. Deshaun Watson does it. Now everybody's like, <gasps> How dare you? They see him as a milk ticket. Exactly. So I'm I mean, we, to make some money because they don't make enough money. Exactly. And, and, and I, I'm actually upset that nobody's looking at it from that point of view either. He's a multimillionaire. Like, we haven't seen this before. W women, you know. Taking uh, advantage of athletes. Taking advantage of athletes and their wallet. Like, come on, man. Like, it, it, for men in this country, it's it's you're guilty until proven innocent, and women, they, they just get that, you know, believe all women. They're innocent. They're innocent. I'm, I'm where, sorry. Where are the victims? Yeah, bullshit, yeah, my ass. You're the victims, yet men get done dirty every day, left and right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's fucking okay. bullshit. You don't, you don't, you, you, I mean, I'm not saying we don't complain or aren't mad about it, but you don't see us getting on fucking TikTok and... All these fucking social, social media. media platforms and oh my god, I'm a victim. Oh my god, Becky took half of my money and the house. Nah. <laughs> no, what do we? What do we have to do in this country? We have to take it underneath the chin and just keep going. We don't complain because we know what it is. But God forbid, a woman gets asked a question. Hey, you want to stroke my fucking cock? <gasps> Sexual harassment. Oh like, my God! Come on, man! Like, look, should he been asking massage therapists for fucking for sex or whatever sexual favors? Most likely not. Go get a hooker. They won't complain. They'll take the money and they'll do what they gotta do. But it, it's just it, it's still bullshit. It, yeah, it is. It, I, I have nothing more to say about it than that's just it, it's fucking hogwash at this point. I want it to be done and over with so we could just move the fuck on with the NFL. And we don't have this fucking narrative that's going to be painted through the fucking this whole season. And and, yeah. and, and, and the feminists are never going to let this fucking go. It'll be it, it, we won't we won't hear the end of it until Deshaun Watson fucking retires. You know, you, you could be at a random bar somewhere. Deshaun's fucking lighting it up. Like, he fucking touched any women. Like, yo, come on. Come off it. If you don't want to watch, watch something else. And the same goes for this fucking show right now. If you don't like what I have to say or Danny has to say, you can go fuck yourself and you can turn the screen off. If you want to sit there and take what we're giving you, then don't complain afterwards. Don't. You chose to sit here and watch this episode. You chose to watch everything else. You chose. Stop being a bitch and complaining. 
you don't want to see it, close your fucking eyes or turn the fucking TV off or whatever fucking electronic device. This fucking whole country has gone fucking pussy for the last 10 years. Oh my God, my feelings, my feelings. Nobody gives a fuck about your fucking feelings. Everybody nowadays, oh, well, my feelings, I feel, feels over real. Fuck your feelings. That, period. We're here, to, we're here to fucking report factually what the fuck is going on. Everybody cares about how y'all feel, but no, nobody gives a fuck about how we feel, right? Our feelings, our feelings don't, don't matter. We're, we're not, we're not, we're, we're men, so we're not supposed to feel. We're supposed to think and be logical. Yeah, I get that. But you know what? Men do have feelings too. Men do feel things. We obviously feel things for a reason. But that, but that's irrelevant. That don't matter. That just gets wiped under the, swept under the rug, right? It pretty yeah. much does. Go fuck yourself. It, yeah, I, uh, I fucking wholeheartedly agree with you, Danny. Go fuck yourself. We all have feelings for a reason. So it's like, well. What are we doing here? Exactly. Like, so everybody else can feel, and we got to fucking cater to them, but the moment a real man says, you know what, I, I I, just don't, I'm not feeling right about this. Oh, shut your fucking mouth and fucking keep going. And just just take it. And just take it. Well, we've talked about it off air and on, on air. You better fucking watch because real men are going to fucking cut, draw the fucking line in the sand eventually, and it's going to be, it's not going to be pretty. And, and, and no wonder why so many men are walking away from... Not wanting to get married and, and be in a relationship. There's no men out there. Yeah, there's no men out there. I Yeah, yeah. I know. There's no men out there, but we fucking outnumber you guys three to one. Or whatever the fuck the stats are. No, I think they outnumber us, but still. Yeah, I think. Well, maybe in America or whatever. I, I, I mean, no, I, I, think in, I, th I think in general they outnumber us, but still. Yeah. You know? As the years go on, they're going to keep complaining. There's no good men out there. There's no good men out there. Where's all the men gone? No one wants to get married anymore. Blah, blah, blah. This and that. Yeah, and then and then when some when, when some millionaire asks for a massage, oh, there's my meal ticket. Yep, let's then take advantage of it. 20 other bitches hear about it like, oh, I can get paid too? Yep. That's why we're gonna be getting ready for the sex robots in a couple of years. I'm alright. My hand, my hand, and my wife are still pretty good. So, um, <laughs> I, I just don't. I can't. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to dive so far outside of, of, of what we're talking about. Um, uh, do you agree upon this, Danny? This is the last time we're gonna talk about this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not talking about it no more. So, this is the final. This is the, basically me and Danny have drawn a line in the sand with Ke Kevin Durant and, and Deshaun Watson's fucking situation. This is how we feel. You don't like it, go fuck yourself. If you agree, hey, then come back. All right, so I guess... Hmm, Matt Carroll out for the year, broken foot. That's it. Jets yeah. signed Dewan Brown. That was last week. Yeah, uh, there's Pre nothing else to talk about, honestly. Besides preseason, I mean. I don't really give a shit about preseason. Uh, I mean, preseason is a way to, for fantasy-wise, if, you, if you're just, you know, turning on a game because you have nothing to watch, 
it's it's pretty good to go out there and look at the number ones, see if there's a guy, you know, who is a rookie that was drafted, see how he's doing in the preseason, see if his production is up, because his production may lead to the regular season. Um, but that's usually about week one and week two. Round three or four, you're you're most likely gonna see the starters. Yeah. Forgive me, I I don't remember his name, but a sleeper pick, I believe, out of the Steelers uh, is a wide receiver. He's small. He's almost like a Hunter Renfro type. And uh, he, he, was, he was dicing up, uh, I forget who they were playing the other day, the Steelers, but he may be a sneaky pick for you later on in the late rounds. Uh, I think in other news, Tom Brady won't be a... Uh, there's no timeline for his return. What, what's I've, going on with him? Yeah, I've, I've heard that. But, I mean, it's Tom Brady, so I still expect him to be back and ready for week one. Yeah, I do too. And even if he's not, I mean, like, he's going to be ready. He's done this for so long. There's no reason why he wouldn't be ready. Yeah, he's abnormal. He can step onto the field without no training, without no preseason, without no nothing, and just be ready to go. Yeah, because I, I, I put money on it. He probably has that fucking, that playbook memorized. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Absolutely. All right. Uh, have you seen that new NFL commercial? Good. You'll, you'll flip out if you see it, but it's it's the fucking housewives. Are in the commercial and they're they're lighting up Dak Prescott. They got pads on, like the Housewives of New Jersey. Okay. They have pads on in this commercial and they're lighting up Dak Prescott. It, it's it's funny. It's a little you know a little little kicker, but it's like what the fuck is going on here? I I don't know. I like I said, I haven't seen it. So. I mean, it sounds stupid. <laughs> it, it was. Keep empowering women, but yet men built the country. But, okay. <laughs> I just fucking slid that in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, there's really no other news out there besides, you know, maybe injuries. Yeah. And honestly, there's not, I mean, I'm not saying there's not injuries, <laughs> but there's nothing, like, really significant, you know. Not, yeah. You know, all the major players, they're all healthy. Everybody's getting geared up and ready to go. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll jump into uh, the mocks. Uh, I'll start with pick four. And this is this is why, guys, I say you guys, you should be drafting on ESPN after you get yourself familiarized with, um, drafting, right? Because when you when you're going against the AI, the AI, the AI is gonna pick the expert's opinion of what the best player is to take there, and it's usually running backs. But in a league like mine or PPR, wide receivers are more valuable. They just are. It's a fact. It's not like it was ten years ago or no, not fifteen years ago where running backs were the workhorse. They still have those, you know, your Derrick Henrys, a few guys, but majority of the league is is passing. Yeah. And and this is why I'm saying you guys should be drafting on ESPN because with my fourth pick on on uh, Draft Wizards, I was able to get Cooper Cup and then DeAndre Swift. Then the next one I was able to get Justin Jefferson and Aaron Jones. 
while the computer picked twice Austin Eckler and DeAndre Swift in both back-to-back drafts. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so you guys should be getting yourself familiarized. Even go to NFL.com for their mock drafts. They're not as good as ESPN. I think ESPN's a little better. I mean, the one ESPN draft that I did fucking... Uh, I, I was in a room with 12, 12 other guys, and fucking Justin Jefferson ended up going like seventh or eighth. Jesus. And I'm like, really? Like, yeah, he honestly, he should be within the first three picks. He should be off the board. Yep. Um, so then the next one I was able to get uh, the fifth pick. I was able to get Cooper Cup again, and Saquon Barkley. Now I didn't want Saquon Barkley. I just took him for the sake of taking him. Um. The next one, I was able to get Stefan Diggs and Aaron Jones. Wow. Now, the computer actually it drafted correctly this time. Uh, it took Dalvin Cook and Stefan Diggs back-to-back times, which is not bad. You know, if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, you know Stefan Diggs is going to put up his numbers. It, it, you're, you're looking really good right there. Yeah. Um, the sixth pick, I was able to get Jamar Chase, Aaron Jones. And then, again, with the sixth pick, I was able to get Cooper Cup and Aaron Jones. It... it so now the computer, it spit out Dalvin Cook and Travis Kelsey both times. It's not bad. I'm not one to go out there to, to, to grab a tight end. I don't even care if it's Travis Kelsey. It's just, yes, tight ends play a bigger role in, in the NFL nowadays, but it, it's still not the, to the effectiveness as a wide receiver. And honestly, if you don't have someone like a Gronk or a Jimmy Graham when he was, you know, in his heyday, you know, how many points is your tight end really going to give you? I mean, Travis Kelsey can definitely put up points. Yeah, but I'm saying if you don't have someone like that, you know, it's... how many points is your tight end really going to put up? Like like Mark Andrews <laughs> or Darren Waller or Dawson, what are you going to get, nine points? Yeah, outside of that, maybe average of five, six points. So it's like, you know... It does, you know. It's... It doesn't make sense to take a, a tight end second, unless it's going to be a Travis Kelsey, a Derek Waller, or a Mark Andrews. Other than that, you wouldn't. Why would you? You just. If someone did it in my draft, uh, like in or me and Danny's draft, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Like, all right, you took that guy while you missed up on five other guys that can double up his production. Yeah. All right. So with the seventh pick, it's ridiculous again. I was able to get Justin Jefferson and Aaron Jones. And then I was able to take Jamar Chase and Javante Williams. While the um, the computer did, it, it, this one was pretty good. Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey. I'm not opposed to that. That's that's pretty good if, if you're going to move in that direction. Right. You're getting the guy who's projected to blow up the league this year and lead the, uh, lead the league in receiving. And Travis Kelsey, who's an all-star tight end, who's going to put up wide receiver numbers on a consistent basis. Right. <clears throat> you know, I, I, uh, damn, where was my, um, one second. Take your time. Like I said, guys, tight ends should be around the fifth or sixth round. I did do one draft, and. Yeah, I'm let's gonna, go over, let's go over that draft. I, um, I had the 11th pick out of, uh, out of a 12 man room. And I'll tell you, you know, right off, the, right, right off the get, my two, um, I, I remember who my first two picks were. So this was the tight end, this was the running back and the wide receiver that I had. I was able to get Stephon Diggs 
and Nick Chubb with my first two picks. That's... And I and I had the and I had the eleventh pick. Now I did make some a couple of errors because I did pick uh, a couple of guys that were on the same bye week as uh, for nine and seven. Okay. But I mean, overall, for having the eleventh pick, I ended up put, outside of Nick Chubb and Stephon Diggs. I ended up getting Josh Allen, Antonio Gibson, Jerry Judy, Dalton Schultz, Drake London, the Rams defense, Tyler Bass, Derek Carr, Mark Ingram, because Alvin Kamara is not going to be playing the first six games. So that's someone that you want, might want to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, Chris Olave. Uh, Alexander Madison, because not knowing what's going to happen with uh, Dalvin Cook. And also, they have guys behind him. But at the same time, if you look at what Alexander Madison has been able to do over the last couple of years when Dalvin Cook has been hurt, he's put up pretty good numbers. I think he's he's got a couple hundred-yard rushing games. No, I mean— So I, he's very formidable. For that late, I love that pick because you, it's like you're holding— it's like you're holding a stock— in yeah. a sense, right? So you're holding this stock, right? And and say Dalvin goes down. Now that you it's a high commodity now. That's that's right. a high demand item now. It's like so for the person who has Dalvin Cook, if it's not you, is gonna want Alexander Madison, especially if they're they're hurting at the running back position. Now you hold a, a, a trade value right there. Right. And then it say if you don't want to trade him, now you just got now you you have another starting running back on your lineup that you can use, which is fucking fantastic. Yep. So uh, you, you didn't go out of your way to get him. He fell to you and, and and you had that in mind. Look, Dalvin's not that healthy all the time. Alexander Madison pretty much is healthy and he does the, he gets the job done. Right. I also picked up uh Jameson Crowder, Julio Jones and Austin Hooper. Now, like I said, a couple of these guys are on the same bye, weeks nine and seven. But, I mean, ultimately, having the 11th pick, I think I did a pretty good job. I no, think I, I think that line was pretty good. You know, fucking Josh Allen, Nick Chubb, Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Diggs. Jameson Crowder. You know well, I that mean? I mean, Jameson Crowder does play with Buffalo, but I, I would just tell you guys, watch yourself out there like we went over weeks ago. Sometimes it could be a big good thing that they're on the same team, but sometimes it can hurt because somebody's going to have to get the ball. Right. Matchups too, though. So. 100%. I mean, so far that's that's pretty much, I mean, because drafts are pretty much going to pop off next week, everybody. So, um, you know, get your practice in, get your magazine, do your due diligence. Study and, and try to get the best lineup you can. You don't want to go out there and be lost. I mean, that's the worst time to be lost is those first four rounds. Those first four rounds are so crucial to everybody's lineup. It's it's imperative that you, you know who you're picking and who you ideally want to pick. Right. Absolutely. So... You want to hop into the top 15 uh, tight ends? ends? Yeah. All right, let me hear your list. <clears throat> Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Mike Giusecki, Cole Komet, TJ Hawkinson, Irv Smith, Gerald Everett, and Pat Freemuth or Frymuth, 
whatever the fuck it is. Uh, Firamuth. Yeah. He actually had a good year last year. That's actually a good pick. That's a sneaky pick for a tight end right there. I mean, it, there's a lot in the, up in the air because of who's going to be the quarterback. Is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? You know, but, I mean, Ben didn't have the arm strength last year. You know, he was just an old man at that point. And he had a he had a decent year with Big Ben. So I, I think he should be on the up. So if you guys are looking at a tight end where you don't want to waste a pick relatively early, you should be looking at Pat Faramuth. Yeah. All right, so I got Travis Kelsey at number one, Mark Andrews at number two, Dan Waller at number three, George Kittle at number four, Kyle Pitts at number five, TJ Hawkinson at number six, Dalton Schultz at seven, Dallas Goddard at eight, Ertz at nine, Pat Fermuth at 10, Mike Gusecki at 11, Dawson Knox at 12, Cole Komet at 13, Hunter Henry at 14, and Noah Fant out of Seattle is number 15. I did, I, you know, when, when Hunter Henry went to New England last year, I, I thought it was going to be a big, big year for him. Because, you know, Bill Belichick loves to use the tight ends. Right. Now, I understand it was Mac Jones' first rookie year, and there's, you know, he's he's still got to get acclimated and, and adjust to it. Um. So, I would just be weary if you're going to draft Hunter Henry this year again. I don't know what his role is going to be like in that offense. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, and who else did they have a tight end? That's it. Uh, pretty much. So. I mean, well. I mean, he's not no Rob Gronkowski, but I expect him to definitely be, uh, definitely be used. Yes. Um. Now, he wasn't on the list, but I think you guys should take a look at him. Uh, Evan Ingram, now he played with the Giants for a a, a long time, not a long time, a a good decent amount of time. Um, Was he used to his full potential? I don't think so. No. Going to Jacksonville with that new supporting cast and and, and everybody's young, I think he's poised to have a big year at tight end. Uh, And also... Uh, he should be on the list, but just because he got hurt last year, he wasn't. Uh, Robert Tunyon. If he can stay healthy, that's a big target for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye out on him. And also, uh, another tight end who should be on the list, but just because where he played and the injuries, Logan Thomas for the Redskins. He's a good tight end. He puts up numbers. It's just, it, it's always, you guys got to think, who's throwing him the ball? You know, if, it, yeah. if it's Heineke, okay, there's some rapport there. There's some relationship there where you know, all right, it's worth the start, right? Um, I don't know what his his relationship is like with Carson Wentz. For, for the life of us, we don't even know if Carson Wentz is going to make it past six weeks. Uh, he should. I, we hope so. I mean, he doesn't really get hurt that often. You know, Carson always, Wentz? Oh, I think we're talking about, for, I don't know, for some reason I could have sworn you said Derek Carr. But, oh, no, no, no. Derek Carr stays healthy. Carson Wentz, yeah. I mean... Um, David Njoku, that would have been a good pick at tight end for people. But with Deshaun Watson, 11 games, Jacoby Brissett. Now, Jacoby Brissett can just, you know, manage the ship, but it's not going to be at a high level. At this point, you really should kind of stay clear away from anybody on Cleveland. 
Yeah. I mean, granted, Nick Chubb is a really good running back, but they're going to stack the box, so... I, I still like Nick Chubb as as a as a pick for your running back, your first pick or maybe second pick. He's still gonna put up the numbers, which and honestly, in my opinion, I would be going for Nick Chubb more often than not now because, like like I just said, Jacoby Brissett is not like he can manage what's going on, right? So we know Cleveland's gonna lean more towards the run. Yeah. But teams know that, though. Yes, yes, a hundred percent they do. But he's still a good enough running back where he's gonna put, you, he's gonna give you points. And especially if you're playing matchups. Yeah. Um, all right, so I think he's gonna have a good year. Uh, don't don't you know? Fucking quote me on it. But Hayden Hurst. From Cincinnati, since they uh, Cincinnati's uh, what's his name? Uh, he went to uh, the Jets. Uh, Uzma? Oh no, not Uzma. Uh, uh, fucking shit! What the fuck is his name? He just he signed with the fucking Jets. Fuck! What's his name? Oh, I got it. No clue. <coughs> Oh, CJ or Uzuma. Okay. Right? Now, Uzuma had a really good year last year with Cincinnati. So, I would be looking at Hayden Hurst. He may be taking... He's, he may be, you know, the number one tight end on the depth chart. So, it'll... He may basically just be replacing the production of what uh, Uzuma had last year. So, I mean, okay. if you're kind of thin at the tight end, maybe take a shot on him. Uh... Austin Hooper, I really wouldn't, I just, I don't know what we're going to get from Tannehill. It looks like this may be Tannehill's last, you know, fucking hoorah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, still, he's, you never know. Yeah. You know, now, Noah Fant is number 15. I would just say stay away from Noah Fant. We don't know what Seattle's going to do, if it's going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke. I, I wouldn't trust them with, with anything. Yeah, you know, I I once had high hopes on fucking Geno Smith, but <laughs> when you play for the Jets, yeah, you gotta be careful too about taking uh, Justin Jefferson as well. You know, or even Adam Thielen. Because think of it this way: if Kirk Cousins has to miss any time, there's no way he's gonna get the ball. Yeah, and that that that'll definitely hurt your feelings and and kill your fucking season. So yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> it will happen, but I mean, no, but always keep the eye out for it. Yeah, I mean, I would say take precaution in Thielen because if something happens to Kirk Cousins, Thielen's pretty much not going to see the the ball as much as Jefferson is. I think in any scenario, even if it's the backup to Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson is so good that he's going to be open. Now, his production won't be as good if it was if it was Kurt back there throwing him the ball. You know, but a backup, that's... You're praying. Yeah. So just, you know, think about that and, and, build, and build your depth accordingly. Yes. Um... Hmm. 
Dawson Knox, barring if he stays healthy, he should have a good year with Buffalo. He was putting up numbers last year in Buffalo before he uh, broke his hand. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, uh, Mike Gusecki, he's going to have a big one this year. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at what he did last year and, and who they have. All they had was pretty much Waddle, right, and Devontae Parker, right? There really wasn't much threat there in the wide receiver position. Now you have Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And then with those running backs that they have, Moster and uh, – I forget who else. Oh, Chase Edmonds. Mike Kosecki's right. gonna have a lot of open open views for him. So I I would me right now I, I'm looking at Mike Kosecki is probably who I want to go after ideally in the draft for a tight end. Zach Ertz, very talented. Uh, he's hurt right now. Yep. And we don't know what we're gonna get from Kyler. Me me and Danny aren't the biggest Kyler uh, Murray advocates. Nope, not at all. You know me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Dalton Schultz kind of guy. Yeah, that's one of that's one of Dak's favorite targets, and and he should have a good year this year as well. Yeah. Uh, George Kittle. You know, great tight end. He has health issues. Normally, he's out for a couple weeks every year. But I don't know if I could trust to take him with. Trey Lance is their quarterback. We really haven't seen much from Trey Lance at all. And if he's really going to be the rookie guy who's going to get, you know, you know, the play calling, I, I, there's going to be an adjustment period. So, for me, I would stay away from George Kittle for now. But if he's going to fall on your lap at, like, you know, this sixth, seventh round, all right, I can see, you know, the justification on taking him at that at that point. Right. Uh, Mark Andrews. If you can snag him without hurting yourself, snag him because that's that's the only target that fucking Lamar Jackson has to throw to. Right. As we know, Travis Kelsey, that's just a great option. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts. We don't know. Atlanta's up in up in the air with their quarterback situation. Yeah, so exactly. That that that's what like scares me. Kyle Pitts is is a monster. Yes, I'll give him that. But it's like. A, I trust you. I don't trust who's throwing you the ball, though. <laughs> right. I mean, Marcus Mariota, uh, Darren Waller. I I think he, he's got to stay healthy too. He's got to stay healthy a hundred percent. But having Devontae Adams there, he's gonna get even more looks. So I I would you know if you can snag him without hurting yourself, like I said again, go for it. Yeah. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson. I think he'll have a better year than he did last year, especially with golf and the offense getting familiarized and, you know, the more rep, more reps, you know, knowing the system. I think Detroit's uh, posed to, to have a good year. Uh, Dallas Goddard. It depends on Hurts, man. And they're a running they're, – they're a run-first team. We all know that. We've seen it last year at the end of the season. They, they found their identity, which was running the ball. So, I mean – it's kind of up to you. It really is. I really like Cole Komet. Like, I'm looking at his name on my list, and I'm just, I don't know. I just got a feeling he's going to be a sneaky good pick this year. It all, yeah, but that all revolves around Justin Fields. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, I got a feeling that Cole Komet could become his safety net. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. And, and if that's the case, then that'd be a sneaky good pick for you. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Higby, also from the Rams. He was doing, he had a solid year last year. I mean, he was kind of like up and down, but for the most part, when, when he put up, when he when he had his good weeks, they were really good weeks for a tight end. Yeah. 
I mean, somebody who's sneaky on my list. I don't know how they're gonna do, but I just from what we think about the team and everything and where we think they're headed, Gerald Everett from the Chargers. I think he's that's a sneaky pick for you right there. Especially if you got fucking Justin Herbert throwing you the ball, I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah. So and, and you know and where we think they are, I think I think they're going to the Super Bowl this year. So. Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, they or definitely have deep. a deep playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got the pieces in play to place to do it. So. You know, I mean, Irv Smith could be another sleeper. You know, I mean, if he stays Just healthy. Looking at him. Just looking at him. <laughs> you know, I mean, granted, I know you have Jefferson and Osborne and Thielen and, you know, the running game, but. Yeah, but there know, may be some open looks for him there. And if, if if the new coaching staff and everything, if they, if they do their due diligence, they may be able to find ways to use him more effectively. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Well, those are the tight ends, guys. Uh. I don't know who this guy is before before we you know get off of this. Albert Akawuga Bunanon. Yeah, Hell of a say, name. Try saying that ten times fast. I can't even say it fucking once. <laughs> uh from Denver, it depends if you want to take a gamble or not. Yes, Russell Wilson is there. So they you know, he may blow up in that role. Maybe, but also you gotta remember, you know, a new team, new scheme, you know, getting familiar with everybody and you know, there is that, you know, or there could be that adjustment period. Yeah. So. I mean, for the most part, guys, we just we just gave you 25 tight ends. We gave you our top 15, but we gave you 25 tight ends that can work for you. Yeah. Depending on your And a lot of the, and, and, a lot, and at least half of those guys you can get in the later rounds, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know. Probably later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Because a so, lot of people are going to be focused on the running backs, the wide receivers, quarterbacks, where you can pick one of these guys and sneak in there. And even if even if you get one of those guys in the seventh, eighth, ninth round, and you know they're not really doing much for you, you know, you say you know three to five points, six points every week. But if the rest of your team is built the way that it should be, and your depth is really good, it's not going to fucking matter. Yeah, it's not really that much of a concern. I mean, you could, you know, if you're studying your lineup and you're like, well, fucking, I keep getting, you know, shitty weeks from this guy. Well, maybe look at your waiver wire. There could be somebody who we haven't named on this list that's just blowing up and having a great year. And then, I bet you there will be. They, they're most, oh, there always is. For every yeah. position it, throughout the year, you're going to have to be on that waiver wire. If you're not on that waiver wire, you're just fucking yourself in the ass. Just, I'm just being honest with you. Right. You need, like, look, some some of the picks that you guys got passed, I think, about the sixth round, they're not going to perform the way you think they are. So you guys yeah. have to be ready to hit that wave wire and hit it hard. Hard. You know, because like we just said, Albert Owukabunanam. Uh, we have no idea who the fuck he is. But by week three, the whole world may know who the fuck he is. Yeah. So you got to be ready to, to jump on an opportunity and, and snag it as fast as you fucking can. Yeah. Even, pre even prematurely, <laughs> grab him prematurely, you know, if you have to, you know, and then, you know, you can always drop him again. Exactly. You know. That's a great point. You know, if you, if you want to be, you know, you just want to grab him for the sake of, you know, I think this guy's going to blow up. Go ahead. Take that shot. Now, if he doesn't, you can always drop him and pick somebody else up. Yep. 
So just be aware. Be aware. Do your homework. Uh, guys, I wouldn't really get so caught up in projections. Okay? It, it's, it's an educated guess at best. Nobody knows. So don't trust the projection. Like, everybody's projecting Justin Jefferson to be the best wide receiver in the league. I'm not doubting it. Right? He might have he might have he might have his so called sophomore slump. He might have a bad year. I mean, do we expect that to happen? Not at all. No. But it could happen. These are things that you guys gotta look at. Right. right? But like like I was saying to the point is, yeah, I think Justin Jefferson could have a, a fucking fantastic year. He may exceed the projections. He may under succeed the, the, the projections. Right? He's still gonna have a good year. Right. So don't don't get caught up in the projections. I more or less will look at the history. The history will tell you a little bit more than the projections. What they did last year, what they did the year before that. You know? Yeah. You know, if you if you look like Justin Jefferson last year, it was a solid year. He was definitely top five. Maybe top ten wide receiver. Right. You know? So it's like, ideally, it's like, all right, is, Jeff is Justin Jefferson worth the pick? Or we'll, we'll do it from this angle. Uh, Travis Kelsey, is he worth, you know, taking as your first tight end maybe in the third or fourth round? We'll look at his stats last year, right? Now look who's on the team this year. I think he may be poised for more targets. Right. right? So if you want to take that gamble, go ahead. Right, but at least be educated. Don't don't go off a of projection. Oh well, ESPN said he was gonna have like twelve hundred yards. Don't don't take anybody else's word for it. Look at the history. Look at the stats, and and determine it. All right, in this system, will he flourish or will he fucking shit the bed? Right. In Travis Kelsey's case this year, it, it seems like he'll flourish more than ever. Uh, in in comparison to, let's say. Hunter Henry playing for New England, not that good of a year last year. Do I would I trust the projections of this year? No, absolutely not. In the not system now, point. is 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 he gonna flourish with Mac Jones? There's a possibility of it, but I'm not willing to gamble on it in an early pick for him. No. Nope. Like not we said all. before, or I said before, Mike Gesicki. Look at the stats last year. He was definitely top ten for fucking tight ends last year. In stats-wise, fantasy points-wise. Look at the situation he's in now. He's got Tyreek, Waddle, uh, Edmonds, Mostert, all in, in unison with him in the system now. So it's like he may go, the defenses may be looking at him where they don't even know where he is, where he's going to get more looks, more targets, more, more catches, more yards. Or he could be the odd man out. Yes, which is, I me, I, I would take the gamble on Gusecki this year, you know. If it backfires, it backfires. You know, it, you live and you learn. Right. Now, we're talking about tight ends a lot. Now, tight ends shouldn't be your, your, your main focus. But, no. like we said, if you have an opportunity to, to grab one of these guys, you know, a later round and no one's really looking at them, go for it. I think it will do, I don't think it'll do nothing but help your lineup. Yeah, and like you said, don't forget, you know, look, look at, you know, look at who's coming off the board. You know, if you're looking at the board and you look and, and you're up and you look at your the last five or six picks, and they're all wide receivers, I will think, oh, should I grab a wide receiver because five will come off the board? Maybe not. You know, go look at a different position because now if you got five 
running uh, five quarter uh, running backs or wide receivers coming off the board, usually there's going to be more of another position sitting there. So just, you know, don't just sit there and watch your draft and just watch the guys going, just look looking at the screen. No, go look at the running backs, look at the wide receivers, and constantly keep looking through the position players mm-hmm. to see, you know, who's going to be there and just, you know, and then and then on another piece of paper, just write guys down, you know, and just and, and just pay attention. Yeah, uh, you, you brought don't, up a great point. Don't fall asleep. You brought up a great point. In every draft, there's trends. So if you see wide receivers going and you don't have yourself a wide receiver, yes, that, that should be an indicator to you. Well, they're trending now. I better grab one now before they're all gone. Yes. But now if you're okay at wide receiver and, and you know you see the trend of wide receiver, now you know that there's other guys out there that no one's grabbing. Go right? look at quarterbacks. Go look, Go at, look quarterback, at running backs. backs. Absolutely, Danny. You're 100% right on that. If you're okay in a position that you see is trending through your draft, start looking for other players at other positions because people are missing these guys. Don't that's fall not, asleep. In a sense, that's how I got Josh Allen. You know, I grabbed him in like, uh, I think it was the sixth or seventh round. Because I'm watching the good. whole thing. I'm, I'm watching the whole thing on, on the side of the page. Wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back, running back, running back. And then I'm getting to the fifth, sixth round, and I'm like, wait, I don't have a quarterback yet. And I'm like, wait. No one's grabbed the quarterback. Yeah. So. And you maybe, essentially grabbed the best quarterback in fantasy right now. I mean, you could have, you know, you could have a Justin Herbert or whatever, but yeah. I mean. Yeah, but from his year last year, Josh Allen had a, had a fucking incredible year last year, fantasy-wise. Yeah. So. I mean, but look at you. You did your due diligence. You you looked. You seen the trend going. You knew you had Stephon Diggs and Nick Chubb already. It's like, or whatever, you know, you, extra guys you had. You're like, all right, well, fuck. Why not just, why not grab them? Yeah. And I've I mean, you got to figure, their buy is week seven, so you're going to have them for the stretch run. Yes. And, and, and I'll tell you, Danny, to your point being, I've seen people win championships making that move right there. You know, the PPR, yes, PPR matters about your wide receivers and your running backs, essentially. But to get, like, the number one or top five quarterback, which is going to put up the average of maybe 20, 20-plus 20 points a week. Or more. You know, he's he's, put, he's putting up almost 300, almost 400 passing yards a game. Depending on the, 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 the league. You know, you, know, you know, at least two or three touchdowns. Why not? All right, so depending on the league, 25, maybe 30 points averagely, you know? That's that's a fucking steal right there. So while everybody yeah. was concerned in that, you know, that mock draft of, oh, I need running backs, I need wide receivers, Danny was able to think like, okay, I, I think I'm I'm okay. I have I have like three or four stars already, solid guys. Let me make this lineup complete and 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 not follow the trend and grab the best guy out there. Right. Which he did, which was Josh Allen, which was a great pick. Like I said, I've seen people win. I've seen people win league championships off a pick like that. And then not for nothing, like I was able to get the Rams defense at like the ninth or tenth round. And I get it, you know, defense is usually you, you pick earlier. I mean, now uh, you, you later. Know, you take, yeah, later. But you know, when I looked at the defense, when I'm looking, I'm like, wait, how is this defense still sitting here? They won a Super Bowl last year. 
Yeah, and they were top ten, top five defense in the league last year. And they're and they're locked and loaded, ready to go again this year. I'll take it. I mean, from your draft, those two picks right there, you were ahead of the game of everybody. Now, if LA performs the way they did last year, it's a solid defense, <clears throat> right? You could drop a fucking a player on your lineup that's doing shit for their bye week just to pick up a defense, right? Right, and then that Josh Allen pick. And don't forget, you can pick up. I think it more so works for for the defense uh, as far as a position player. You know, when you're looking in waiver wires and you're looking at projections and matchups, you know, not just this week but the next week and the week after that, and you're looking at the defenses that are sitting there in the waiver wire, and you're like, oh, they're they're sitting like you know. They're sitting there, and you know you're not crazy about them because they're not, you know, having a great year. But then when you're looking at the, their matchup in two weeks, oh, they're playing this team. Oh, I know that team is the worst team in the league. Let me take this defense now, hold it for two weeks, three weeks, and just play the matchup. Well, I, I'll tell you this, guys, right now, if you prematurely watch- just. I, I'm 100% I agree with you. I've, I've done that before, and it's worked out in the past when I've played fantasy. Mm-hmm. We're giving you guys some sauce right now. So when you guys watch this this episode, like like the fucking video, right? Because we're, we're, we're literally giving you the sauce right now. What I did last year, and I and sometimes I do it depending on how my lineup's looking and, and how much importance the defense is playing in my lineup, find the worst team in the league. Whoever yeah. last year was the New York Jets. I won. I'll tell you this right now. I won five matchups last last year. Just let alone. All right, whoever's playing the Jets, I pick their defense up. I put them in. Find the shittiest team in the league, and find the defense that's playing them. And for the most part, we know that that's going to be the Giants. You know, that's going to be the Jets. Um, I would say Seattle, mm, Washington, Washington. You know Maybe I mean? J- Jacksonville again. It's gonna it's gonna take some time, but by week four, you'll know who the shittiest team in the league is. Yeah. Right. And it may flux. They may be shitty for four weeks, then they improve. Then this other team is shitty for the next four weeks after that. Find it. it. It'll be there. You'll see it. A lot of people won't pick up on this because they don't think that defense is that important. In Danny's case, where he has the Rams defense. He could just for that one week or like a two week stretch where they're they're playing you know high caliber teams, he can go out and drop a a, a no name player that's not performing on his lineup just to pick up a defense who's gonna have great matchups for two to three weeks and he can bank off of it, yeah. While still holding the number one potential defense in the league for his championship runs and stuff like that, his 100%. playoff run, his playoff push, where, where however you want right. to say it. No, absolutely. So, like I said, be aware, you know. Don't fall asleep at the wheel because it, yeah. it, it won't end up well. It and will it, not. And it, and it goes by fast, so. Very fast, especially if you guys shit. are doing it on a computer where it's, you get 30 seconds or 60 seconds. That 30 to 60 seconds fucking flies faster than you think. It does. It truly does. Yeah, man. If you guys don't like the video, you guys can go fuck yourself. Because me and Danny just gave you fucking sauce my gloss on all of that. Yeah, no, that we that's. I mean, it, we can go. We can go down that 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 lane with kickers. There's really not. It, the kicker should be the last thing on you. Your last pick should be your kicker. 
I'm sorry. That's just the way I do it. Well, I wouldn't say your last pick because you got to figure, you know, you you obviously you want to have one of the top five kickers or, you know, you want to have a kicker where, all right, even if, you know, the team's not going to score a lot of points, if, you know, if, if the quarterback on that team can, is consistently getting them downfield enough to kick field goals, but they're not, you know, getting into the end zone, you know, that's, that's money right there. You know, if, if you if you got a guy that's consistently going to be kicking three or four field goals every week, what, how, how many points for a field goal? Uh, it depends on the yardage, but usually like, you know, for 30, 30, 30 to 40 is like three points, 40 to 50 is like four to five, you know. Okay, so, you know, right there, even even in the 30-yard range, if you got a guy that kicks three, four 30-yard field goals in a game, that's 12 points from your kicker. That's great. Yes, that is. It is. I mean, so I, for me. I mean, I, I was riding on fucking Mason Crosby a couple years back one time, and he was fucking. When he was fucking dynamite. When he he was, was money. Yeah. Uh, to your point though, which you a hundred percent, you're correct on it. Someone like the Giants kicker, look at that. You know their first their first preseason game, I believe, against New England. New England only had their their you know their number twos in there, right? But the first drive, Daniel Jones couldn't punch it in, so they had to kick a field goal. Yeah. So maybe be looking at somebody like the Giants kicker or the Jets kicker. Somebody's an offense that is good but not great, where they don't get into the end zone. Also, pay attention to your draft position. Now, I, you know, like when I was talking to uh, DJ the other day off, off, uh, offline, and you know, we were talking about where you, you know, where you, you're gonna want to be positioned in the draft. You know, you have to look at all right. Well, I have the seventh pick. All right, so let's just say because like like DJ was saying, it goes one to ten, and then ten to one, and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Look. Look at the draft board as you're drafting, not just the players, but look at your draft position. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, so we're in the fourth round, and it's going one to ten, and I just picked that seven. All right, so now, uh, now when it comes back around, you're gonna be picking before some of the other guys. So mm-hmm. pay attention to that. You know, there were a couple times when I'm when I was picking in my mock draft where I picked the guy. And I didn't realize that looking at the thing that I had the next pick right after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because so you were 11. Pay, so it was, pay attention to that. Yeah, it was 12-12. It was 11-12-12-11. Right. So, it, like, get, you're 100% right. I 100% agree with you, Danny. If you're at a late position like that where the swing comes back real fast, you should have in mind who you're going to pick already, those two guys. Right. right. And then you have to see who's more vital to your, your lineup. Don't just pick the guy with the most pizzazz because he may not be vital to your lineup coming back. Exactly. So you want to pick the most important guy, and then on that way back, you hopefully the other guy is there. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that. This is why I would say if you're doing live draft, fellas, keep to yourself. People will he- overhear you thinking or what you're doing, and they will steal that guy from you. I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. Keep to yourself in that position. If you're doing a live, like you said, if you're doing a live draft and you're in a room with ten other people, dude, fuck everybody else. Get your shit, get your coffee, your beer, your soda, whatever it is. Go sit in the corner by yourself and stay to yourself. And just the only time you should be shouting out is when you're when you're picking a guy. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to come over, 
Fuck you, get away from me. Don't talk to me until after the draft. Seriously. Well, I mean, if it, if it's cutthroat like that, I 100% agree. No, I just in general, like, no, like, you stay the fuck away from me. You stay over there, and you drag, you can bullshit with them and do your thing. Because while y'all are bullshitting, maybe one of y'all is not going to be paying attention. I'll stay over here by myself, in my corner, with my notes, with everything I need, trying to build my team. I, I can't disagree with you. I, I can't. All right, guys, that's it for uh, NFL News and Fantasy this week. Uh, we're going to dive into our hated or love it, and that'll be it until next week. Next week, you will see uh, me and Danny's draft on Saturday. That'll be Saturday's episode. Uh, so we won't be talking about baseball next week. Uh, it'll be all football. So Saturday, you'll see our live draft in process, uh, you know, in progress. Uh, Sunday, we'll go over it, and we'll go over everybody's teams, and we'll break it down with you, right? So from everybody in the league, from all, it, it may be eight to ten guys. I'm not sure yet. I have to settle it this week. But like I said, we'll go through our drafts, how we drafted, and then we'll go through everybody else's draft just to show you where they were thinking and what their thought process were in, in that time, that pick, that round, whatever it may be. Absolutely. All right, Danny, I'll lead it off. Hate it or love it. Brett Batty will stay and become the Mets' starting third baseman for the future. Mm, for the foreseeable future, yes, but I think long term, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not against it if that happens, but... You know, Steve Cohen, you know, want to, you know, keep this, you know, build this team up and, you know, spend money and and whatnot. I mean, I mean. I like he, it. The kid's young. He's finally got his chance to come up. And first at bat, he, you know, first at bat, first swing, the kid fucking cranks one. Right. You know, and there's only been like five players ever to do that. Now that does I'm not saying that makes him special or he's gonna be an all star. I just like that the fact that they're staying with their system. You know, it's not you know, we, we you know, I know you were upset at the, the trade deadline, they didn't make a splash, right? But I, I feel as if they're like one of the only teams now, and I'm not singling them out as just them, but it seems like they're the way they're handling things is like Steve Cohen's like, Look, off season, let's try to get some big guys that can help help our lineup, Starling Marte and such like that. But for for a gamble, I'd rather just stay in-house, right? Even their trade deadline moves, they were they were bench guys. It, it, there's not a guy out there that's worth the trade. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So that's why I, I, that's why I see Batty staying as their third baseman. I would just say the max the next four years. Honestly, I can see them trading um not trading him. I can see them oh no, yeah. Maybe trading him because you got Trey Turner, uh Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, and I forgot who the uh, there's four there's gonna be four potential free agents uh superstar shortstops uh next year. Yeah, but he's we're talking about so, third base. No, no, what what I'm saying is you trade Batty, you put McNeil over at third, now you keep Escobar on the bench, and then you go out there and you get one of those guys, and now you have that guy and Lindor up the middle. You got 
all-star third baseman McNeil, and then you got Alonzo at first, now you're looking a lot better. Okay. You know, and oh, well, who would you trade? Who would you trade Batty for? Well, I'd put him in a package for Otani. <laughs> I think you and everybody across the fucking league would package anybody for fucking Shohei Otani. Just being real, right? <laughs> I think at this point the fucking Colorado Rockies would sell the team just to acquire him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you could take the team. I just want him. <laughs> All right, Danny, it's on you. Uh, we kind of touched on it, like, I think a week or two ago I had brought it up, but um, I had wrote it down as a hater to love it, and I was going to use it, I think, a week or two ago, but I, I, you know... You saved it. I saved it, and I had come up with other ones, but, um... So, hater to love it, Lamar Jackson will end up in Minnesota. I love it for the sake of you because <laughs> you're my brother and I want to see you happy. You know what I mean? Uh, I love it in that aspect just so it could happen for you, but I don't see it happening logically. I just don't see – I don't see Baltimore passing up on it. I think they're going to be – they're going to simp themselves out for uh, Lamar. And give him the money. And give him whatever he wants. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I mean, but and we've seen crazier things happen where he could sign a contract and then, you know – he could pull a Kevin Durant. Oh, we'll be here. Well, not even that. He, you know, they can franchise tag him next year. You know, play out that last year while Kirk Cousins plays out his last year, and then, you know, going into the year after that. You know. Well, all right. Hypothetically speaking, in 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 being realistic, I respect Lamar because he represents himself as his own agent, right? And he's already said, look, if we can't get the deal done by week one, we'll just put that conversation to bed and we'll talk about it in the offseason. Right? Right. So now season's over. Whatever happens, he wants to open up negotiations again. They say, fuck your negotiations. We're going to franchise tag you. That could piss Lamar off. After that franchise tag year, he's set to be a free agent. Now... I mean, Minnesota's done wild things before. We've seen with Kirk Cousins. They threw $100 million at the man. $88 million. Well, I mean, o- overall, in general, with the contract extensions and everything, yeah, over $100 million. Yeah. But. So we can have. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry there. So it can happen if it, I, I, if it does happen like that hypothetically. You know? All right. They have money to blow, and they've done it before, and, and Lamar's there. He may be upset where he's like, look, this team doesn't respect me. They wouldn't even give me a deal. I was patient with them. I waited till the year was over. I wanted to start opening up negotiations again. They told me, fuck you. Here's the franchise tag. So then after that year, I said, hey, fuck you. I'm leaving. Right. It could happen. I wouldn't put it past. <laughs> kind of hoping it does. I mean... You guys would definitely be in the driver's seat to take that division. Uh, be hundred percent honest with you. Yep. Give him those weapons. Mm-hmm. All right, Danny. Hate it or love it. The MLB should start treating DUIs like PEDs in terms of punishment. I love it. You get a DUI? Like I'm not saying eighty games, but it should be no. like DUI forty five games. A three-strike rule, like you said, for, you know, first 45, then what? You know, let's say 80, and then after 80, you a know, year. You're a, a year. And then, you know, 
every time, like, all right, so you get caught after that. So it should be like a five-strike system. So the third mm. strike, you get a year. Second strike, you get two years. That fifth strike, that's it. That's your ass, Mr. Postman. I would say, I would say after the third strike, that's it. Because after the third strike, like, how many, how, how many, how many more times I gotta keep giving you a chance? How many more, how many more times are you gonna keep proving to me that you're a fucking buffoon? And then, like you seen it, oh, I didn't know I was driving fast. Oh, I'm sorry, I played for the Braves. Oh, I am special. <laughs> Fuck yourself, bro. Like seriously, you're a fucking buffoon. Well, that's that's why I brought. That's why it was one of my hated elevens this year. I mean, not this year, this week, is because we talked about Marcelo Zuno yesterday. And it made sense to it. Like, I, if you're going to hold PEDs in that standard of that high, you know, punishment value, then a DUI especially should be held just to that standard as well. For Christ's sakes, every league gives you a driving service. I mean, the last time we, um, uh, the last two players that we lost due to this thing i mean one's not dead one is we lost dwayne haskins because he wanted to be a fucking idiot and be intoxicated and walk in the middle of a highway yeah i mean and then henry ruggs wants to be a fucking idiot and do 120 miles an hour in and Las kill Vegas. somebody and and i'm not, you know i'm not trying to be disrespectful to Dwayne Haskins and his family, because it, you know, it sucks to lose somebody you love. Yeah. But you're a fucking idiot. You're like, like, like. You're absolutely. You're 100 percent right. It's like, dude, you could have just like, made one decision. Hey, I need a driver. But no, these play. Not all of them, but I mean, you know, the the players that do this, they think they're untouchable. They think they're special. They think they can do whatever they want. And like I was saying yesterday. We have friends, and I know people that I've spoken to that say, "Oh, I know what I'm doing. I can handle myself." Da 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 da. da, da. Yeah, until it fucking happens to you. Well, and you, and you and you ruin your life and somebody else's life. Well, I, I have I have one of the most perfect stories right here. I had just been born. I think I was like two years old. My dad went through the windshield of his fucking truck into a fucking graveyard. Thank God that God blessed him to, to live, in, you know, another day. But that was the last time. That was a wake-up call for him. Some of you guys don't get wake-up calls. No. You know, you really I.E. Don't. Haskins, Rugs. You you think that wake-up call is going to come, and it doesn't. You don't see the writing on the wall. You're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, oh, I've done it before. I did it again. That's not going to be me. And, and guess what? It could fucking be you. Yep. And... and I get it. My dad always said for, for younger kids, when you give a kid a million dollars, what is he going to do? He's going to show off. We get it. I understand it. Yeah, but, but then, I mean, not for nothing, I, I, at some point, someone's got to say it. This definitely falls on the parents, too. Lack of, the, the lack of teaching your kid responsibility. Yeah. And, and how to make better choices and, 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 and make safer choices. Mm -hmm. So, not to be disrespectful, but no. Someone's got to say it. That definitely, at some point, it falls on the parents. I 100% agree with you because it shouldn't be the organization. As an organization, I'm paying you as a responsible adult, right? Exactly. So, yes, I 100% agree with you. It should come down to the parents where your father or mother should be like, hey, stop being a fucking dumbass. 
You have the opportunity. People in other countries would kill, kill to be in your position, and right. you just don't give a fuck. I mean, and not for nothing, you know, it's not to talk back on this issue that we talked about in, in the beginning of the episode, but not for nothing, a, a lot of these kids that come into the league, they're coming into the league, and they were raised in single-parent homes, and most of the time... If it's a single parent home, is it a father raising the kid or is it a mother raising the kid? Uh, most likely, I would say 80, 85% of the time plus, it's the mother. Oh. I'm not going to say more, but oh. <sighs> Believe. Believe. <laughs> stupid shit. All right, Danny, it's on you before we fucking get canceled. <laughs> uh, hated or love it. LeBron James signed that two-year extension. I fucking hate it. it you just, it's look. I get it. He's the, he's still a great player. He's top okay. five players in the world. But I'm not. From last year, it's like. The way I see it is like, all right, if you haven't seen the writing on the wall from last year. And now we're reinvesting into this shit. I, I'm sorry. And then knowing that we came into the offseason with very little, with very minimal cap space to make any moves, but magically there's $97 million there for LeBron, though, right? Yeah, 48 for this but, year and then something, 40-something for the next. So four. But, let's, but let's not somehow take that money and, and build the whole team. No, let's just allocate it to one guy. Jeannie, get your head out your ass. Rob... Polinka, you need to go. LeBron, fucking AD, get the fuck out of LA. Kyrie, stay in Brooklyn or go somewhere else. Kevin, go fuck yourself. Jeannie, rebuild this team. Well, I mean, the only positive as it is 2025, they'll all be gone. It's too long. Well, I mean, they have the player option for 2024. So, I mean. You think he's going to pass up $50 million? To go play with his son? Yeah, I think he will. He's he's already he's already made the most money as an active player. He already has a production company. His, it, it, I I hate to say it, but I, that the the phrase does ring true here. He, he has more money than God. You know that that saying like you know he's got more money than God. He, he does. Money is not a concern from him anymore. He'll be well off, taken care of for so the rest why, of his so, life. So why take ninety seven million, knowing that the team around you that you're playing on needs to get uh needs to get rebuilt, needs to get you know, well, want to bring pieces in. I, I get it, but it's also at the same in the same token, Danny. It's like, you, if someone's throwing ninety million at you, are you gonna say no? It depends. I mean, in general, no. But I mean, if I'm in his shoes and I want to win, I don't care about the money. No, I'll take half of that and give me a team. Well, I mean, to your point, in which you make a hundred percent. This this would go into real champions. What do real champions do? I.e. an example, Tom Brady. I'll take a pay cut, pay the other guys. I want to win. You mean? Yeah. That was that's what you usually see from champions. Tom Brady is the greatest underpaid player ever. Ever. Period. There's no no debating that whatsoever. Now. I get it, you know, some players that 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 do that where, like, you know, they'll take the pay cuts and then, you know, later on in their career, they're like, all right, you know, it's time for me to get paid. 
I, I, yeah. I won't I won't fight you on that. You're a hundred percent. You you took the bumps and bruises, you took the pay cuts. Now it's time for you to get paid. I now this, now this I get is it. one of my last two contracts I'll ever sign. I want to get paid now. Yeah, I get it. But LeBron's been overly paid for handsomely since he left fucking uh the Miami Heat. Yeah. You know, where they all took a pay cut where they all were getting thirty million. Okay, all right, you did it. I, I get it. But ninety seven million on the Lakers part, not on LeBron James' part, on the Lakers part was just a stupid move. It was. And you're really gambling with with AD and his fucking health, and like we talked about last week, I haven't shot a basketball in uh, three months. And you're what? and you're and you're still trying to be in the uh, the Kyrie Irving fucking sweepstakes, giving up a bunch of draft picks and this and that for this guy. Like really, for, for a guy who who literally they, I don't know if this is true or not, but it, it was I seen it last week where last year he was trying to work into his contract, or the, last year or the year before that where he only had to play sixty games. So where I mean, he could choose when he wants to play or not. In my opinion, I mean, I get it. You know, after years and years of having a certain player or a coach or a GM there, you know, you want a clean house and a new voice and everything. But, oh, for the life of me, I wish they would bring back Mitch Kupchak. Hey. I think I think Mitch Kupchak was a fucking genius. Well, I, I, I think... That's my opinion. It, as it wasn't he responsible for bringing in Gasol? Yeah. Well, they're, I think the Lakers are about to retire Gasol's number into their they, ring of honor. Yeah, I've seen that. All right. So, Is it on me or you? Uh, oh, it's on me. Know. All right. Hate it or love it, Danny. Did Detroit Lions surprise everybody and claim a wild card spot this year? Nope, I hate it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Detroit's a dead zone. Stay in the dead zone. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm being uh, biased by watching, you know, hard knocks. But I like Probably. what I like what I see from their coaching staff and their players. And I, I'm not. I, I didn't want to be like, oh, they're gonna win a division because that's just not gonna happen. No, no. I'm just saying maybe the last wild card spot. Now that it's seven teams, uh, even though the AFC is stacked, there's way too much competition, and I think in the NFC, you know, I mean. I just I get I get why you I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset with you like you're saying like no I don't you don't see it happening. You know what I mean? I, I, I understand that. I wouldn't be mad at that. I just think it it would be fun to watch them, you know, last year you know, they, they had a rough go at it. Right? They I think they got blown out of out of seventeen games, I think they got blown out of three. Other than that, they all those losses and were one possession games. Just so, like Minnesota. Yeah. You know? I think, I don't know, they had like eight or nine games that were one-position games. And, and, and half you, of them if, were in the final seconds. If you split that in half, then Minnesota's an easy 10 or 11-win team. And they're a wild-card team. So that's what I'm saying. For the sake of that, you know, if, if my prediction is right, the way the coaching staff is coaching these guys and having them execute, I, I, don't, I don't put it past them that they can get a wild-card. Mm. Weirder things have happened. I don't... I'm not putting. I wouldn't put my whole life savings on it, you know. But I think it can be done. Like you said, the AFC is stacked out the ass. The NFC, yes, it is very competitive to, for those teams that are usually there every year. But it is still a little wide open. Yes, I'm just a wild card, just the seventh or sixth. I'm not talking, yeah. you know, the fifth wild carders or something like that. No, I, I think I think they could do it. All right, it's on you, Danny boy. 
So we were talking about it yesterday because, you know, even, you know, with their injuries, they have been playing very well lately, you know, and it is the regular season, but the playoffs are a different game. It's a different monster. It, 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 it has its own set of unspoken rules and speed and everything, but hate it or love it, the Dodgers will not make a deep playoff run. The, 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 their pitching issues are going to come back to bite them in the ass in the playoffs. God, that's a good one, Danny. That's a really fucking good one. I love it just for the fact that the the NL is very, very competitive this season. Like, overly yeah. competitive. If it was like last year, I would probably say I hate it. I'd be like, I think the Dodgers are just going to roll through it. But I think, I think the NL is way too competitive this year. The Mets, Atlanta... Philly, uh, the Cardinals, San Padres, Diego, you know, Milwaukee. Padres at Milwaukee, any of those teams can beat L.A., you know? Now L.A.'s on a historic pace like we talked about yesterday, but, again, like we talked about yesterday, there's two seasons to every sport. It's the regular yep. season and the postseason, right? So those pitching woes, and, and baseball is a game that is you need to have pitching and great pitching to win a World Series. Or Absolutely. at that moment in time through that postseason, your pitching clicks. Yeah. You know, it's not the best, but it's clicking. Getting hot at the right time. So I, I would say I, I love it at this point. So I, I agree. I don't, I don't think, I like, there's always every time in every sport we have that one team that is just fucking blowing everybody out of the water. And then it, it comes time to the playoffs and then you, you don't even see that team anymore. You're like, what the fuck? What is going on? Like, what happened? It's... It, it yeah. can happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think this is funny that you asked your question because here comes my hater to love it. Hater to love it. Padres missed the playoffs this year. I love it. I love it too because I just I. Even Ooh, with Tatis being suspended, it's it's a, that's a scary fucking team. And you just gave me a hater to love. We're not doing baseball next week, but actually. You know what? I could always switch my fifth one, but we'll we'll continue. Yeah. Uh, so it's mine, right? Yes, sir. Uh, hated it, love it. Albert Pujols plays next year to hit seven hundred. I fucking love it. Me too. Let's fucking go, baby. And and I hope he plays throughout the whole season next year. Not not every day, but you know he gets the seven hundred and he he's given the opportunity to hit more. You know, it's not like, all right, you hit 700, sit down on the bench, you're done. You know, it, it would be exciting for him to hit, let's say, let's say he finishes the year with, with 13 home runs and he hits another 13 next year. So where he finishes with like 705, 706. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Or not even the 706, just once he hits the 700, done, walk away, retire. Right then and there, just stop playing. Yeah, that... that I wouldn't like that. I would like to see him play the the rest of the year and and go above seven hundred, not not to like you know seven twenty seven fifty. No, just like seven oh six seven oh seven. You know what I mean? All right, Danny, hate it or love it. The USFL and their players this season will show that they are a formidable competition to play in the NFL. They will show that they belong in the NFL. What do you mean? 
So Dallas had uh, signed the the USFL's um, MVP last year. I think his name is Kadarvius or Kadarius. Oh, Cavante Turpin. Last night in the... Uh, what? How do you spell that? Uh, K-A-V-O-N-T-A-E and then T-U-R-P-A. Okay, yeah, I see it. Um, he had an explosive game last night. So, I think... Oh, yeah, that's right. Didn't he have two punt returns? Yeah. I think, Okay, yeah, I've seen that on NFL.com. So, basically, my hate or love it is the USFL players will show that they belong in the NFL this year. Mm, just based off of him? Not him, but the other guys that, that from the USFL that have signed to NFL teams. Him, I, an example, being one of them. Um... The reason why I ask is because you know how all these other leagues look at the below leagues, right? Look at how Kurt Warner was looked at for years. Oh, you played fucking... You played fucking arena football. Who the fuck plays arena football? Who the fuck cares about arena football? And then what? He fucking has a Hall of Fame career. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I love it. I'm not against it at all in any way. Um, honestly, I... You know, that... There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's... I'm perfectly cool with that. Well, the reason why I ask it, like, also is because... These guys have a chip on their shoulder. They have something more to prove than a guy who was drafted in the first round who thinks he's, you know, hot shit and money. Right. You know, this guy understands, like, you know, if I don't perform, my ass is going right back to the USFL where we don't get paid as much. You know? Yeah. We're not televised. I'm not a star like I should be. No, but I, I think it's good because it opens up the... It, it opens up the pool of players. Yes. You know, more. You know, I mean... Like kind of how baseball does with like the Dominican Republic and uh, Puerto Rico and uh, Japan and stuff like that and yeah you know I yeah I like it I love it. All right, last one's on you, Donnie boy. All right, um, here to love it. The Padres will not resign Soto. They're gonna they're gonna end up trading him before his fine before his contract is up. And honestly, I feel as though. They're not. I don't know. You got to figure who's. Well, right I just don't think that's going to happen, and I don't think they're going to get. Um, they could still get as much as they gave up for him, but not likely. But somewhat, you know, they'll leave half, three quarters of what they gave. They'll get back. Um, me and you were big advocates of, you know, all right. You want to try something new? Try something new. You know what I mean? As in, like, uh, an example, the Angels. All right, so you tried this, and you tried, and you tried, and you tried. Now it's time to dismantle and give up on that idea. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think if they don't win a World Series within the time that's left on his contract, yeah, they're going to let him go. They'll trade him. They're probably going to open up shop and get rid of pretty much everybody. I don't think Machado's going to be there much longer. Um, Tatis is kind of, you know... He fucked himself. He shot himself in the foot with the PEDs because San Diego may not want to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, Josh Bell, he may want to get overpaid. So I, I don't see it. Yeah. yeah, I don't see it outside of the run where, where they're going to have to make a decision where it's like, look, why don't we just let all these guys go if we haven't won a World Series and, and restart? 
you know, we'll get a shit ton of prospects. We'll get players in return for trades, and we'll save money where we can build through that. So, right now, I love it. You know, we don't know. You know, if they win, a, if they win a World Series within the next two years, they may just say, "All right, well, it was it was a, it was a success. Let's double down." And. Like I said, Tati shooting himself in the foot. He was supposed to be the face of that franchise. Now, if they win a World Series, you get rid of you know Machado and Tatis. He's young. He's a perennial player. Double down. Make him the face of your franchise. Yeah, but like, you know, like with most most of Scott Boras' clients, they always go to free agency because he's always trying to get them the most money. So even if they do resign him, they're not going to resign him. You know, it's it's not going to be all like. You know, in the middle of the season, or you know, at, it's gonna go, he's gonna walk. He's gonna be a free agent, and he'll probably be a free agent up until like you know January or so, and mm-hmm. then he'll finally sign for like fucking. I feel he's gonna get like six hundred million. The question is, where's he gonna go? Wouldn't it be a fucking hoop if he hits free agency and he goes back to Washington and signs the $600 million deal. I, I, yeah, but I don't see that. Happening. I don't see it happening, but that'd be one funny fucking predicament, wouldn't it be? Yeah, because he just turned down 400 and some odd million. Um, he's definitely going to want north of five. And honestly, at that point, if he's going to want north of five, there's only a small handful of teams that can really give him that kind of money. Washington would be one of those teams. Yeah, but they're not. They're they're still going to be in a rebuilding process. They're not going to be, you know. In well, a for, the, for the sake of your question, down that two or three year road, they could have a system in place, kind of built, and then re-adding him. Yeah, but I just don't see that happening. I don't see it happening either. But I I think that'd be fucking hilarious. You know, they basically just hustled fucking San Diego, right? Like, yeah, hey, take him, take him. Give me everything. Give me everything. Give me all you got. Get it all, right? And then three years, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll take him back now. <laughs> mm, yeah, that that would be funny, but... I mean, I... You, San Diego would be... No, God, please, no! No! <laughs> no! Yeah. That's definitely for the Padres. <laughs> yeah, to give up all that and then still lose him, and and then he goes back. <laughs> you know, I'm not putting it past it. It may not. It, it most likely is not going to happen. But that that'd be a hell of a thing. chance that's not happening. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you for joining us this week. We will see you next Saturday live for our draft. So get ready, do your studying. Hope you guys have a good draft. I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. <laughs>